Hey, hello, everyone out there. Welcome to another episode of the PlayStation Report. I am Frank, and joining me is Tyler. How you doing, dude? Doing all right, dude. How about you? Mm. Well, uh, I would say I'm doing good, but uh, I'm not doing good. I <laughs> Upper back pain, Tyler. Um, feels like I got a knot in my muscles, right? Like... Right against my shoulder blade. I'm feeling tightness all the way from my neck where it attaches to my head all the way down through the right half of my back. And, uh, yeah. That's Ooh. the thing I'm dealing with right so, now. That, that, that's... Yeah, that's, that's shitty. Is that from work, you think? Or... I'm not sure <laughs> what it's from, really. Uh, uh it's just kind of came out of nowhere, uh, and, uh... Yeah, I, I didn't do any particular heavy lifting or anything like that. It's just one morning I woke up and I was like, oh, fuck, what's wrong with me? Mm. I, tr I try to do, you know, your little neck roll, stretch your neck out a little bit, and it yep. just started hurting like a bitch. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to have to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that sucks ass, dude. Back pain is no joke. Yeah. I'm just... Uh, I think it's it's really just a buildup of uh, not stretching enough, nearly enough before physical before and after physical activity that's finally caught up with me. Mm, yeah. So. Back yeah. Heaven. Been doing that. Uh, been doing a little bit of a little bit of patio container gardening. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much been my been my week outside of video games uh, and work so are the flowers that you posted on on the instagram your stuff you're growing or or what, yeah, what well, was that 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 was a foxglove okay uh, it is it is a it is a a flowering plant that is um that is toxic to animals so i have to keep it outside <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah 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 there's that uh I have some, I have some pansies. I'm growing from seed. Uh, some other, some other stuff, but yeah, just trying to make make it look nice outside. It is, it, summer has come very fast, Tyler. Oh yeah, yeah, it's fucking hot as shit outside right now. Oh yeah, I don't like I, it. <laughs> I I just stepped out like just before we recorded this to to water the plants, uh, and um, yeah, I just. I don't want to be out there any longer than I have to be. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, but, um, hmm. Video games? It's, you know, it's... We have air conditioning, and uh, that that's great. <laughs> so we stay inside and play games. Right, Tyler? Yes. Yes, we do. Or we watch racing. Oh, yeah, we do. But was that really a race? No. Or was that just a bunch of cars driving around a track? That, yeah, that, that, that was basically a bunch of cars driving around a, a track in the middle of the streets. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Formula One had its Monaco Grand Prix today. and um, The drama was certainly in qualifying and at the start of the race, and that's pretty much it. Like... Yeah. I don't think there was a single pass today. Oh, there was. 
Sebastian Vettel got past a couple of people. Well, did yeah. A two for one when Stroll fucked up. What after his pit stop? Or I think so. Because uh, I know he he passed Hamilton and Gasly out 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 of the pits when he came out. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it. it Monaco is not a fun race to watch. Absolutely not. No. I mean it. The basically Monaco is to me like it's the start of the race, and it's like okay, some stuff could happen. Then you get to thirty laps in, everybody starts uh, pitting. And you're like, okay, there could be some drama. How's this going to shake out? And then that's it. It is follow the leader because there is no room to pass at all. The cars are too wide, and <laughs> it's. It's not the most entertaining race, but, you know, uh, I do feel really bad for Charles Leclerc. Um, I mean, he kind of caused it himself, crashing and qualifying, but it does suck that he wasn't even able to compete and that Ferrari just kind of gambled on that, um, on his engine, his gearbox. Yeah, I mean, it was, like, I saw the crash that happened, like, I mean, that was... He kind of missed that by a lot. Oh, yeah. He kind of oh, yeah. smacked into that first wall of, wall there. Yeah, he definitely did. So, yeah. He definitely yeah, did. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was definitely his doing. Like, yes. He put himself in that spot, so. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I did feel bad for Valtteri, though. Uh on his pit stop, they couldn't get uh, the f- the front right tire off at all. Uh, yeah, something went wrong there, and I just I felt so bad for him. That dude gets fucked on pit stops all the time. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's it's a shame. <laughs> That's gotta suck. Yeah, but it's definitely this. The result, all the race wasn't interesting. The results of the race make certain things very interesting uh, with uh, Verstappen t- and, and Red Bull take, taking the uh, lead in the Constructors and Drivers Championship. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah, that's exciting moving forward. Hopefully it'll be a fun race in Baku um, in two weeks, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, good I, stuff. I also, too, I've been watching NASCAR at the Circuit of the Americas today. Okay, so I missed the truck race, but I watched the, uh, I watched the, uh, the Xfinity race. Yeah, I mean, both of them were kind of shit shows a little bit, especially the trucks, because it was, it was raining. Um, but man, I don't know if those cars are made for that track. (laughs) Like... They there are so many turns that they have to take in first gear that they are just like snails through that fucking track and it takes. Um, I was watching the Cup qualifying right after Monaco today and the the fastest lap was like two minutes and thirteen seconds and they're just so slow around that track that I'm not sure how much how how well that works out but. I don't know. Yeah, and judging by like <laughs> some of the um, some of the cars that went out, they aren't really made to go over those curbs either. Like no, uh, yeah, no, definitely not. And yeah, I mean that that track is like designed for cars that 
are a lot more like nimble and can move uh, quicker and you know not not big heavy stock cars you know like Formula One Indy cars GT stuff like that is what that track is made for and stock cars I don't know we'll see I guess how the other race goes but it's kind of interesting yeah yeah uh, but that that's, that's that's pretty much all the racing I, I've watched yeah I mean I think there's other stuff going on I just haven't watched any of it I know Super Formula's back on but that's like three in the morning if I want to watch that. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there is qualifying for the Indy 500, but I find the qualifying for the Indy 500 so fucking confusing, and so I just don't even watch it. <laughs> it's it's. I'm like, looking forward to the race next week. Oh yeah, me too. Unfortunately, I think I have a family event on Memorial Day. I won't be able to watch it live. I'll have to watch it later, but. But I am looking forward to it. It's always always such a great race. And mm-hmm. but yeah, they're qualifying. They have like three different qualifying sessions or something. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on with any of these, but should be fun, regardless. Every time I watch those guys go around that track, I'm like, these guys are fucking nuts yeah. to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're just flying at two hundred thirty miles an hour. Even though, you know, um Monaco's not the most exciting place to watch the race like during qualifying seriously though like watching those guys uh go around that track and try to get everything out of it they're just literally nuts yeah just like <laughs> try yeah trying to thread that giant ass f1 car through through those narrow streets is yeah, yeah it's that's something yeah and and i love like some of the Replays where they'll just show how close they are getting to the wall and stuff like that. I mean, it is just completely insane. Those guys, what they're doing in those cars. Yeah, but. At, that, at that spot where uh, Charles Leclerc uh, hit the wall, I saw a, a, a replay video of uh, uh, Sergio Perez, and you can't like it looks like that tire is touching the wall, but it isn't. Yeah, like it's yeah. like there's no room in there. Yeah, you, you couldn't fit a sheet of paper in there. Right. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. I last thing I'll say about Monaco is like earlier in the week, um, someone posted a, a, just a picture of uh, like an aerial shot of the track overlooking the bay, and you know all the yachts there and all the other boats and all this stuff, and it was just you know it was just a picture of you know it's a pretty beautiful area, and the number one comment was. Uh, how much cocaine is in this shot? You know, <laughs> just because there's just these like fucking gigantic yachts everywhere, and you know there's a bunch of fucking rich people there just doing a bunch of cocaine. Because mm. why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's enough racing, Tyler. Um, we we have a little while to go before. Where the F1 video game comes out, so we'll have to hold off that for now. But um, I I managed to play quite a few things this week. I'm not sure about you. Oh yeah, I've played a lot of stuff, mostly because I took off Thursday and Friday and had like a a staycation, and then also um, my wife was busy with a bunch of other stuff so we weren't really like hanging out at all so i've had pretty much three days straight of just playing video games 
almost. Oh. Um, so you have. What'd you dig your teeth in? I've played a lot of different stuff. Um, I guess I'll start with. Um, you know, earlier in the week, though, I started Ratchet Deadlocked on PS3. Um, which I think this was the last PS2 Ratchet that came out. I could be wrong on that. Actually, no, there was one that came out on PSP Ratchet in Clank Size Matters, and I think they ported that to PS2 later. But um, this is one of the last ones. And this, so this came after the original trilogy. And um, have, you, have you ever played this game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think the PSP one is the only one I haven't played. The, the ones. Yeah. Because there was another one on a PSP, right? The Secret um, Agent Clank. Secret Agent Clank, yes. I, I haven't played that or the Ratchet uh, Size Matters. And I, I don't think I played the two other ones on PS3 that were kind of spinoffs, like the All for One. Uh, it's like a four-player co-op sort of game, and then there was another one called like Full Frontal Assault, which was like a small tower defense sort of game. I, I didn't play those two, but anyways, this one came after the original trilogy, and is a different game for Ratchet and Clank, uh, for sure, um, because it's mostly action-based, and it's kind of stage-based, too. You're not really like doing a lot of platforming or exploring levels uh really it's it's kind of you're going to different planets and you're just fighting a lot of dudes uh and getting a lot of weapons um blowing a lot of stuff up and then you know there's certain challenges you can do in some of these levels and so you go to the planet and there's maybe five levels that you work your way through and that's pretty much it and you move to the next one and kind of do the same thing um and it's kind of weird, too, because Clank is in the game, but he's not really so far. Like, from what I remember in uh, what I've played, uh, he might come back later because I, I haven't played this game so long. But, um, like, he's in it, but he's not, like, strapped to your back sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you blowing shit up. I mean, it's it's a different game, and um, they kind, there's kind of some replay value within all the levels and and they kind of it's score based and all that stuff it's a it's a different game it's got an all right story and um it's it's cool if you're into the action of ratchet and clank but it it kind of um you know ratchet and clank to me is about the action but also the characters the story and the exploration platforming all that stuff so it's it's a totally different game but um it is it is neat and it's kind of fun to go back to i don't think it's very long either um so yeah looking forward to playing more i'm going to try to finish this one before the rift apart comes out so we're running out of time you're not you're you're not going to try to do uh the the PS3 ones? No, no. Back in time and into the Nexus? <laughs> no, um, I would like to, but, you know, I, I've, I played those games not too long ago, and I haven't played these yeah. PS2 ones so in such a long time. I think the the one on PS3 that I haven't, I think I only played through once, I barely remember it, was the very first one, uh, Tools of Destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I barely remember that game, but... Uh, a Crack in Time is obviously an amazing game. And Into the Nexus is really good for what it is, being a short, short little game. Um, I really enjoyed that one. So, yeah, just getting hyped on Ratchet 
Um, can't can't wait for Rift Apart. It's been fun going back to these games. So uh, started that and did kind of two three hours of it maybe. So uh, I'm getting there with it. Um, then I booted up Returnal and. I returnal to it. <laughs> I, 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 I I returnal to returnal. Um, <laughs> I am just so conflicted about this game, and I I kind of feel that I this game isn't fully for me. Um, but I love so much about it, and it, it it is such a cool world. The gameplay is so much fun. It's it's kind of amazing how well it works and how smooth it is too like frame rate frame rate wise like uh just the game's just so responsive and and for a game like this like that's what you need and and it just feels good the controller feels good and and uh the game is very pretty it's it's just intriguing um but two things one i am so fucking bad at this game and i don't know why um i'm usually pretty okay at like third person shooters but man this game can just be very punishing, um, and it's meant to be that way. But I just feel like I'm bad at it, and you know, even if I have a decent run when I die, uh, I don't really have that itch to want to go back and do it again um, because the RNG and the progression just there's something just really lacking for it to me. Like with Hades, like. You know, that, that game, uh, when I died, I wanted to go back to it immediately because I knew there were other things I could work on uh, to help me along. And and that progression is there. And, um, you know, upgrading your weapons, unlocking a new skill or something like that that could help you. Um, and every run felt like I had a really good objective with Hades, whereas this game... Um, you know, it's it's just kind of the same sort of thing, and I, I just don't feel that same itch to go back to it when I die. I mean, it does some really cool stuff, but I just don't. I don't think it's really for me uh, in the end. Um, so yeah, I think I'm I'm putting Returnal to rest. All right. I might not right. Returnal back to the game, mm. but it is cool, and like uh, you know, seeing some other people play it that are like really good at it and you just see where this game goes i'm like man it is so cool it really is um but yeah just yeah so that's that um then i have put (laughs) a lot of time into wreckfest on ps5 um basically yeah uh they they put out a native ps5 version of wreckfest it's free on playstation plus right now and uh, this game is just a, a treat, you know. I played through it on PC, and it was pretty great there. Um, but you know, it's it's just fun to boot it up and just do a couple events um, because the game looks really great on PS5. Like they definitely uh, improved the lighting and and the damage and a lot of that stuff. It just looks really good. Not like drastically better than what's on PC, but. But it does look very good. And then that, the the loading times, frame rate, all that stuff is just so locked in. And, you know, sometimes when you would do a, a demolition derby and just shit's flying everywhere because all these cars are banging into each other. There's parts flying all, all over the place. Sometimes the frame rate would dip. 
Um, but it's been pretty damn smooth uh, on the controller or on the PS5. Um, and you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying just playing playing that game again. I don't know if I'll play through the whole thing again, um, but it is it is a lot of fun, and uh, the controller actually feels pretty good with it too. There's there's times where you know doing like a demo derby, you'll be towards the end or something, and you've taken a lot of damage at this point, and there's a lot more like resistance in the trigger for the throttle because your car is just damaged. Um, and there's times where, you know, I felt like I was on the brake and maybe I was braking a little too hot into a corner and the brake kind of popped out sort of thing with the trigger. And, uh, so it's, they, they did do some pretty cool stuff with that. Um, it's a pretty good version of that game for sure. Um, so yeah, that, that's Wreckfest enjoying that. Uh, then I have finally gotten back to it and played a lot of Hitman. Um, I have finished Hitman 2 now, so I'm going to move on to Hitman 3 and play all the new stuff. And Hitman 2 was uh, really cool. I enjoyed a lot of those levels. Like, Mumbai was really cool. Um, really complicated, and it, but overall just uh, a lot of fun. And... Um, I forget which one was it. Yeah, I guess it was Mumbai, where I kind of became like a... Like, you go into, like, a construction site, and there's a target you have to kill up there, and so I kind of disguised myself as uh, these this, like, film crew, basically. And then I fucked with this giant fucking fan that was on the roof, and they started, uh-huh. like, shooting. And so I messed with it and just turned the fan on, and he just blew way off the building. Oh, man. It was good. It, it, was, really, it was really fun. And, and what... <laughs> and then I did... Um, uh, damn. The, the level in the U.S. that's just in that small town, uh, Wilton Creek or something like that. Um, so I did that one, and... That level was really cool, just being in like like a suburban neighborhood sort of thing, and all these houses you can go into, and just you know like crashing somebody's fucking birthday party. Um, it, it's so funny just because of Agent Forty Seven and you know his his vibe uh, and the fact that you can just kind of you know have all these different disguises on, just like casually crashing this fucking birthday party these people are having. Um, but immediately started that level, and I'm like, fuck, one of my targets is right there. Just hid behind a car, whipped out my pistol, and probably killed that guy within, like, maybe a 30 seconds of starting the level. <laughs> it was it was wild. Um, I kind of like moments like that when, like, I, I've enjoyed playing through this game and doing some of the mission stories, um, because they are very creative, some can be really goofy, and... They can be fun, but then, of course, this game is probably best when it's just you in that sandbox and you're improvising stuff. And I felt like as I played uh, Whittleton Creek and then I played the Ark Society level, I kind of found myself improvising a lot more and not doing the mission stories and just being like, well, let me try this or that or this or that. So it, it can be very satisfying sometimes to just, you know hide in a bush and just assassinate the dude with your pistol and then just get out of there sort of thing and 
yeah. 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 Hitman Hitman is is so good. I, I really really enjoyed myself and uh glad I'm getting back to it. So gonna start Hitman three here soon and play through all these new levels because some of them look very exciting. I'm curious uh about that Berlin level that everyone's been talking oh, yeah. about. So yeah, that one that one seemed neat. Awesome. So awesome. I got two more things yet. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like I said, I've played a lot of video games. Probably, probably too much uh, over the past few days. But I've, that's I've, impossible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, I was just like, you know what? I've really wanted this, and so I, I just I enjoyed myself. So another game I got back to, and I've put like another seven hours into, was Yakuza Like a Dragon, and man. I'm just like completely falling in love with this game way more than what I was. Uh, <laughs> I am pretty deep into chapter six now, so I'm about 17 hours into it almost. Mm-hmm. Um, my party has expanded to four different characters now. Um, you know, gears becoming a lot more of a thing now. A lot of side quests are opening, which are just most of them are just so dumb um like i did the side quest recently or the sub story where uh there's like a homeless guy and you find a crawfish that you throw back into the river and then you end up going through that whole thing where you have to find it and then get the guy sushi (laughs) it was just it was so dumb man uh there's there's just a lot of a lot of dumb shit and i think um yeah, this game is just amazing, uh, and the story is actually just so interesting, and yeah, I still have kind of some complaints where I feel like the game could really cut some of these cutscenes down some in terms of time and kind of get you back in the action more, but still, I'm still really enjoying the story. I'm, there's so much uh, intrigue there. I really am enjoying the party now um now that i have a psycho in in the party um she's really cool i think she brings a totally different dynamic to the party and then also the whole job system is opening up a lot more now i can kind of do whatever i want with a lot of these characters um so i i am so as ichiban i have him as the hero um then i have um God, I'm so bad with the names. Uh, the the detective guy, he, Hidachi. Hidachi, yeah, he is um, an enforcer, and then um, God damn it, the other guy, Nanba. But, Nanba, yes, I still have him as the homeless guy uh, that he kind of starts out with, mostly because I really like his pyro belch ability, and then um, he can do some healing. But I made um, Psycho uh, a or Seiko a. She's an idol, so she just beats the shit out of dudes with now a gigantic, um, like, lollipop sort of thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She just, like, sings or beats the shit out of people with that. And she hits so hard once I craft her this new weapon that I'm like, holy fuck. Uh, It's just, it's so satisfying. And, And I think the last thing I did was... Uh, you kind of get thrown down in like the sewers sort of thing and 
you have to work your way out of that. And that was a really long dungeon sort of section of the game that you know took a long time to get through. A lot of combat, and I love that stuff. I love the love the combat of this game. Love getting new abilities, and yeah, the whole job system makes it so so cool. And yeah, it's it's just an awesome game from top to bottom, dude. Like I'm just I'm so in love with it. Like I kept and and the thing too with this game is because of its story has this kind of I'm trying to think how to put it, kind of like an episodic TV sort of nature to it, where you want to know what's next. You want to know how each chapter ends, like in just like an episode of a TV show, because. Because the story's just that good, you're like, damn, I just want to keep going and get to the end of this. And then something happens there, and then you're like, well, I got to just keep going because I want to see what what's next now that this new chapter started. And it's yeah, it's kind of addicting. That, that, that's a good way to look at these Yakuza games. Like, they're kind of structured like a TV show where you have, like, the, the story that you want to keep seeing more of. But, like... You also have all this side stuff. Like you know how TV shows sometimes just have filler episodes yeah. that have fun, goofy stuff in them. And yeah, I think that's that's a that's a good way to look at the Yakuza games. Right. Yes, definitely. And so that, that's that's been really cool. And yeah, it's a lot of these side stories that I've been getting into. Like like the crawfish one was just goofy. The um, uh, I did one with where I found this dude that has just a shitload of trash in the street which was funny and then it just got like super deep and like really touching and i'm like what is this game it's just it's so wild to me that this game has so many goofy moments but then super serious moments but then super touching moments and yet it can go back and forth between all of those with almost no problem at all and it doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel like there's just all these different like tones and vibes that are clashing with one another. It just it kind of just weaves back and forth, and it's really really amazing how they've pulled it off, pulled it off in this game. I'm just I'm loving every second of it. Can't wait to get back to it um, because I I also traded. I, Went to just for his play, traded in a couple things and got Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I didn't start it or anything, but I'm telling myself that I'm not starting Mass Effect until I finish Yakuza. Because, uh, one, I'm really enjoying Yakuza, and two, I know I like Mass Effect a lot. So I want to just, yeah, finish this game out. And I am enjoying it a lot. Um, and then, yeah, the, so the whole part-time hero thing has also opened up, um, oh, yeah. which that's a really kind of goofy moment when that gets introduced. And so there's this whole kind of little game there. I, I I now, too, have that whole, like, business management thing, uh-huh. which yeah. is so deep. I'm like, this is a whole other game within this game. <laughs> like, like, holy shit. Um, yeah. I did the whole sub story where you go to the movie theater and you have to keep Ichiban awake because <laughs> uh, he's watching an old movie and he falls asleep and yeah, it's just it's just a lot of fun and and uh, yeah, I'm very much enjoying it. So then, last thing I got 
Um, well, I guess we can talk a little bit about Divinity then, too. But yeah. um, the last thing I got is I have finished Resident Evil Village. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I loved every fucking second of this game. And it goes places at the end. Especially story-wise, but even gameplay-wise. I don't want to spoil anything, but the game very much kind of changes to where I felt like I was playing a totally different game. And it's kind of interesting. And the way that they try they try and do connect this game back, connect 7 and 8 really, together, and then back to the overall Resident Evil lore is really fascinating. I don't know how much of it all works. Um, and I'm not like a super duper Resident Evil expert or anything, but there are some things I'm like, okay, uh, what? Well, sure, <laughs> fine. Um, but it is it is fascinating uh, with a lot of the different things. But then, yeah, there are so many moments in this game that I just fucking loved. And there was... A moment, I guess you could call it Act 2, the second sort of main... Because there's four main characters you have to go after. Um, you go through Castle Dimitrescu first. That's not really a spoiler. And then the game opens up. You can go after one or two. And then there's another one at the end. And so I'm going after the second one. And... This whole sequence, whole maybe, I don't even know, it wasn't even that long, maybe an hour, hour and a half, was probably the most terrified I have ever felt playing a video game or Resident Evil game, period. Uh, I, like, I had to, like, put on a podcast because I'm, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is so creepy and I'm just, like, fucking freaked out, uh, Right now, because of the vibes that were going on, man, I wish I could, I could say more, but I don't want to spoil anything. It is so fucking cool, and definitely the highlight of the game to me was this this whole sequence. And what was cool about it is there was like no combat in this entire section because uh, your weapons get taken away from you and all this stuff, and there was no combat throughout it. So you kind of had to. It was just you. You in darkness and lots of other things. Um, it was it was so fucking cool, dude. I I, I loved every second of it. Um, and then yeah, some of the other areas were really neat. The last one was kind of interesting. The last main area that you're exploring gave me serious like Bioshock vibes, and maybe went off the rails a little bit, um, especially with the last boss there, but. It was it was still cool, and I still really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of cool characters, a lot of cool moments, um, just fun action, just drop dead gorgeous visuals. Uh, the amount of times I just paused the game and went into photo mode, I'm just like, this game is stunning, absolutely stunning. Just the amount of detail in everything in this game is just amazing. Uh, like Capcom just hats off to their environment and art teams and 
anyone else has a hand in that. Really, this whole game, but that especially just really brought this entire thing to life. And I feel like without all that detail and without getting that lighting right and everything, this game just would not be as good as it is to me. Um, so yeah, it's it's an awesome game. I really, really fucking loved it. Um, basically played played through it almost in two settings two sittings almost um it was it was good about nine and a half hours it took me was my final game clock and yeah i i I love this game so yeah i can't uh, wait till i sit down and finally do it yeah man i'm I'm excited yeah uh, i have a few things i want to get through first though yeah yeah, I think you'll really like it. I think I like it more than seven, um, and I think that one moment that I'm talking about is scarier than anything in seven. And seven was really cool. I felt like it was really good, but then the further away you got from the house towards the end of the game, it got like not as exciting to me. Um, Whereas this, I just, I felt intrigued the whole way through. I felt like every environment was just so cool and I could not wait to explore it. And uh, the one thing that I got to give a tip on, because I felt like such a fucking idiot, is, you know, you can craft ammo in Resident Evil games. And the whole time I went through this game and I was wondering, like, why can I not craft shotgun ammo? Why can't I craft sniper rifle ammo or or explosive rounds? Like, you can do that in any Resident Evil game, pretty much. And I felt like such a fucking idiot. I go to the, sh- the merchant, Duke, who is so cool. I-, I loved his presence throughout the whole game. And I heard someone describe it as as comforting like weirdly comforting and that is like the best way i can describe that too is just he has just this comforting presence i felt so relieved every time i saw him i'm like oh thank god like you're here and you're at the perfect moment even though he's a really weird character but i'm in the shop and then i'm just looking at it and and i'm like eight hours into the game eight and a half hours i'm towards the end and i'm like motherfucker you have to actually buy the recipes basically to make these specific types of ammo i felt so fucking stupid man the whole time i went through just making regular first aid kits and just handgun ammo for this whole game so yeah for anyone that starts it up definitely buy that stuff ahead of time also that's how you expand your your um, inventory too is you buy it. I thought you had to find it like usual in a Resident Evil game, but you have to buy it. Um, so that's that's another thing. I went through the majority of the game without expanding my inventory. <laughs> and I was just finding all these new weapons and getting pissed. I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to get this? Did I miss uh, expanding my inventory? But no, you have to you have to buy it. So yeah, it's a great game. So that's 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 all I got. Um, so played a lot of stuff. But what what have you played? Um, well, we we did play some Divinity Original Sin. Yep. Um, we uh, we're getting through this uh, frosty winter hellscape, uh, and uh, we're we're approaching one of the bosses in this area. I'm not sure if it's the last boss. I think like I think well, it might be the last boss of the area. Yeah, of the area. I kind of just. 
looked up like some sections to see how far we were. We are about to be a little over halfway. Oh, great. Through, this game's through the long. game. Yeah, this <laughs> game is very long. <laughs> I think like the average time on how long to beat's like 60 hours and I think great. we're only like maybe 20 something in. So yeah, we got we got some ways to go. But awesome. Yeah. yeah. So uh we we did that. I'm a, I happy with the progress we've made um yeah also happy with the uh progress i'm making in final fantasy 14 um i my my tank is up in the 70s now the cap currently is 80 so i'm i'm almost level capped with my first tank class uh so yeah really been learning the trade tyler learning um uh, learning uh like first time seeing these mechanics as a tank and realizing oh shit I have to uh, it isn't as simple as just taking some hits you have to know when to pop some of these abilities to avoid some big damage to make mm-hmm. life easier on the healer um, but yeah it's a uh, it's a fun time I, I like learning I, I think the next thing I'm going to learn how to do uh, is uh, like so they have different like kind of um categories for each class like you have your healers you have your tanks but then the dps classes are are separated to uh there's melee dps uh there's casters and then there's um there's ranged physical dps so like they all have like within those categories they all have like kind of similar things um but i, I kind of want to branch out and maybe play a caster next gotcha. black mage bring bring down some fire from the sky you know just make the big numbers pop i like <laughs> watching big numbers show up on the screen when mm-hmm. i hit things yeah it's always a satisfying thing when you were playing a new class like that having played this game as long as you you have at this point like are you replaying content over and over again to level up a character like what are you doing exactly okay so the best thing about Final Fantasy XIV, which is why I probably can't play any other MMO, is that to play a different class, you don't have to start a new character. You just oh. equip a different weapon, and you play as that class. Wow, that's, um, that is very smart. Uh, but you do have to level those classes, so that does involve uh, some replaying of old content. Like uh, They have these different roulettes, uh, which are kind of like playlists. Um, uh, so there's a leveling roulette that unlocks once you get up to, like, level 16. And if you're doing, like, there's not... So there's different ways. There's all, all kinds of ways to level your classes and gotcha. all that. But, um, okay. like, once you get to level 16, you can start doing that leveling roulette, which gives you a huge XP bonus. Um, the thing this game does, though, is, like, if you have a level 80 character, you're going to get bonus XP until, like, until you level that, that class up to, eight, up to the, your highest level. Hmm. Um, gotcha. So, so yeah, there's there's that. Um, I'm a, yeah, I mean that that's Final Fantasy fourteen. It's like it's probably like the the friendliest thing way to do that system is just like have your character, but have that character be able to play other classes. Because I I know I I've played other MMOs, and like the reason I will never get back into Elder Scrolls Online is because. I'd, I'd want to play as a different class, 
But to do that, I'd have to start an entirely new character and play through all of that bad content at the beginning yeah. of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's that's such a smart system that they have in Final Fantasy fourteen. Then, yeah, that's just awesome. Yeah, because that 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 would suck. Because like a lot of MMOs just have like really just not the most fun content in the beginning of the game, and to have to play through a lot of that stuff again would just be such a bummer. But it's cool that you can do that in Final Fantasy fourteen. I guess go back and forth between a lot of different classes to fill whatever role you need to if you're doing like a raid or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. And it also gives you something to do, especially like right now. Um, there's going to be a patch this, this week, like the 5.55 patch, but that's the last major update before um, Endwalker releases like this I want to say November? Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> so that's like, that's months of time that I'm waiting for that expansion that, like, I mean, I don't really need to do much for my monk class. Like, I'm already, like, as high as I'm going to go without doing, like, the extremely difficult stuff. Um, so so I still have stuff to do, like, between now and then to keep me engaged in the game, so. Yeah, yeah. November 23rd. Yeah. November nineteenth, if you pre-order it, I, I pre-ordered. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not sure if you could have guessed, but I, I pre-ordered. <laughs> I feel like pre-ordering something like that makes a lot of sense. You know what this game is. You you love it, and you uh, you put a lot of time into it. And I think it's probably fair to say this expansion will probably be pretty all right, pretty good. So. I mean, if nothing else, like, the trailers are pretty fucking cool and the new classes look awesome. I, I want to try out that Reaper class. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Final Fantasy fourteen. I've also played a couple of other things. I'm not going to talk too much about Mass Effect or MLB The Show because we, we know what those games are. Um, <laughs> there's nothing really exciting to say about it other than, hey, I really like the Mass Effect games and <laughs> I like going back through those. Uh, and uh, MLB is a good game to turn my brain off and listen to a podcast and play. Um, but I have played a couple other things that have, in varying degrees, excited and disappointed me. Uh, exciting, I heard about this game on a podcast, and I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'll, I'll do this on a Friday night. I bought 100 Days Winemaking Simulator. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, uh, so... Hmm. The basic mechanics of 100 Days Winemaking Simulator is that you have a board with blocks. And then you have activities that you can do that you try to fit into those blocks. And those activities take a certain amount of turns. And they're basically Tetris shapes that you place on this board. So you're kind of trying to puzzle together how you're going to fit all these activities on the board and those activities range from like weeding um, like trimming back your like pruning your plants and like just various things you would do to uh, cultivate and uh, like to raise good wine making grapes Uh, and then you harvest those grapes uh, crush them ferment yeah, bottle the wine and 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 see see what score you get on your wine, and then you try to sell that throughout the year to keep your business afloat. Wow. Um, 
And yeah, it's got a story too. Uh, I haven't. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't pay too much attention to the story. Basically, it starts off very Stardew Valley-esque, where uh, you have a boring office job, but you get an offer to inherit this land to make, to take over the winemaking business. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's there are a lot of systems in this. There's a technology tree that you buy through. You can upgrade your winery and buy new equipment. Your warehouse. You have to keep up with your warehouse. That was my big mistake. My warehouse wasn't big enough to. <laughs> Um, to store all this shitty wine that no one was buying because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> um, and yeah, you basically, you eventually like expand into new fields. You can buy a pieces to add to your board, like different sections that your board can unlock. Uh, and yeah, it just, it's, it is a, um, I don't know. It's a satisfying game to play, especially when you're like, when you're trying to plan things out and, you know you have certain things coming up, but you know, like, your your current activities are going to take a certain amount of time. Just planning ahead and, you know, figuring out the best way to puzzle your way through the winemaking seasons. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Nice. I, I saw, too, I guess there's, like, a beer maker simulator, there too. Is. So, yeah. You can move into beer if you wanted I could. I could. I don't know. I, I'm i thinking maybe I'm becoming a wine guy. Mm. Gotcha. I still enjoy beer. I'm drinking a beer right now because if I drank wine, I'd probably get fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing I played that was a little disappointing, Tyler. Uh, I think we talked about this earlier this year. Uh, Elite Dangerous Odyssey. Oh, yeah. Um so Elite Dangerous Odyssey is an expansion to Elite Dangerous that allows you to take on uh, on-foot missions. Uh, you get out of your ship, you walk around, it's a first-person shooter in those missions. It doesn't feel that great to play. Mm. <laughs> it's not a great first-person shooter. Um, and some of the interface stuff that you do while on those missions is not very intuitive. Um, there was this one moment where uh, you're supposed to cut through this lock to get to some things that you're supposed to take. Um, and it wasn't very clear to me what you're actually supposed to do. It's like I pointed this arc cutter, which is one of your tools, at this lock, and I pulled the trigger. But nowhere did it tell me that I actually had to drag that up and down in one fell swoop and cut through the length of the lock. I just thought that I was supposed to hold it there and... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't hmm. know, man. They there, there's some there's some stuff there that just isn't the greatest. The guns don't feel well. The guns that I played in the little tutorial for this didn't feel great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if this game works as a first person shooter right now. What are you shooting? Like stallions uh, and stuff, or no? You're shooting other people. Oh. Uh. Well. Not necessarily players, but they're like NPC people. Like, yeah, gotcha. it's yeah. I mean, you get like they decided to do the Halo thing, where like you have laser weapons to take out shields, and then kinetic weapons to take out like to burn through health. And uh -huh. yeah, I don't. I just didn't really enjoy how it felt to play. It was it. 
didn't feel great at all. Yeah. That's a bummer. Uh, yeah. I hope they can improve it, but I, I have a feeling it is what it is. Is this a totally... When you play this, is it totally separate from Elite Dangerous, or or is it um, like an expansion into Elite Dangerous? It's an expansion for Elite Dangerous, so like... You, this... They do give you a tutorial once you buy it and you load it into your save. They give you a little tutorial. But after that, um, it's basically Elite Dangerous, but uh, some of the missions you can take up are on-foot missions that are that gotcha. are this expansion. Gotcha. I mean, it adds, like, you can... There's another upgrade path now for you to buy, like, new suits and weapons and stuff like that. So that's... That's a thing to do for long-running players of this game, to, like, upgrade all that stuff, but yeah, I just don't think that this section of the game is great. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, it's a $40 expansion, too. Oh, like, wow. It's it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so uh, the last thing I'll talk about here uh, is near Replicant. I've been playing a lot of it. Um, got through endings A and B. Um, and I've got all but one side quest done, which the side quests kind of carry over between those runs. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really liking it. Uh, the B run uh, added a lot of uh, context. I mean... The ending of the A run does a reveal that um, makes you go a little bit holy shit, and then the B run kind of capitalizes on that uh, with that context that you, that you now are are aware of. And uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I think the thing about Near Replicant for me is that I really love these characters, and I really love this story, and that. Maybe the twist didn't hit as hard to me because I've gone into this, like, having played a Yoko Taro game, like, having played Nier Automata and knowing that there's going to be something there that isn't quite as it seems. But, yeah, Nier Replicant, like, is... is just... I just love this story so much, and I love these characters, and I love what it's setting up, and I'm curious to see, like, apparently there's an ending, like... Ending C and D are very similar. It's just, well, the path to them is similar. It's just that you have one choice at the end that changes the ending. Um, and I'm curious to see how that ending links up with Near Automata because this is this is so different, like setting wise and like the characters involved from Near Automata. Like ostensibly, you're playing like these very human characters like they they live they breathe and they die um and in Air automata obviously you're playing as these androids um and just trying to figure out how you got from point a to point b is is something very interesting to me yeah um, that's awesome 
how yeah, how I, different is is the A and B playthrough? Like, it's very similar. It's almost like so your A playthrough. Um, there are like kind of two halves to it, where like in the middle there's a time jump. Uh, the B playthrough, um, after you get the context of the A ending, uh, you um, you start off after that uh, time jump and just go forward from there. Uh, and yeah, in the B playthrough, you can you get you you understand more about what's happening during the B playthrough than you do th- during the A playthrough. So more gotcha. things are revealed to you. Uh, there are additional cutscenes, and also there are additional um, additional dialogue that, uh, that that you can basically, like, unless you have a really good ear, uh, you're basically going to read through them, through the subtitles, because just the nature of the voice voices that you're now being able to understand. Hmm. Gotcha. Cool. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm very excited to get through the C and D D endings. The thing with near replicant though is like, even though you're restarting from this point, I think pretty much after each of the endings, um, you uh, your level is still higher. Your your level is higher in each playthrough. But the enemies' levels don't scale, so you're kind of like really bl- just blasting through that half of the game, oh. and you're in your subsequent playthrough. So you're really, it's yeah, it 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 really accelerates in in a nice way. Uh, yeah. So you can get you can get to the things that you want to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, How how's the soundtrack? Oh, fantastic! Oh yeah. Just, just brilliant i i love it man it's it's so good it makes me want to go back and see what like the dragon guard soundtracks were like because uh, i mean those games directly connect to this so yeah um yeah just really enjoying near i think i will have all of the endings by the time we talk next week sweet um and goddamn like I know you have Mass Effects to play after Yakuza 7, but Near Replicant's right there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I am intrigued by Near Replicant, and we'll probably dive into it at some point. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah uh, that pretty much does it for what I'm playing, though. Uh, we do have a list of news here. I'm not sure how deep we'll get into all of this, but we, we do have some news. Yeah. Um. First of which is a game that I have not played in months and months. Probably about four or five months since I've played Destiny 2. Um, well, there's a crossplay beta coming. Uh, from the 25th to the 27th of May. Um, I'm excited for this, Tyler. I don't know about you. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is, this is good. Crossplay is just great all around and... Yeah, there's going to be some Vanguard strikes that will be used to kind of test this stuff out. Um, but yeah, hopefully crossplay. You know, the full full blown things coming soon. Yeah, that would be be pretty sweet. And you know, hearing about all of the Fortnite epic stuff from that uh, legal trial, I wonder what. Bungie's doing for 
any compensation that Sony wants or anything like that? Like, what what's their setup? And is this part of it? I, you know, who knows how that works? You know, who knows how the currencies will work with Destiny 2, if you can take it across um, versions or not? Um, that's another thing. But, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. I have a lot of friends who play on PC, so I'll, I'll be happy to play with them. Uh, mm-hmm. If I ever get back into Destiny 2, I just feel like Final Fantasy XIV has occupied a, a large space of time for me. I, I'm about 600 hours in that game Holy now. shit. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> Damn. Um, I don't play Overwatch anymore. I'm not very interested, so how about you take, take this Overwatch 2 story? Yeah, they had a, um, a live stream um, over the past week. I forget which day, but um, where they went through some PvP stuff and uh, had some reveals. Probably the biggest thing is that uh, it's now going to be 5v5 instead of 6v6. Um, so you will have one last person on your team. Um, yeah, I, I didn't watch the live stream, so I'm not fully sure of the reason for this, but it doesn't seem... It is a pretty decent change for overwatch but maybe it's one of those things that just helps with balance more um with each with each map and character um so they're also saying that tanks are going to be adjusted more um so that they're more effective um and and basically each class is going to get a passive ability to to have as well which you know, not every character had a passive ability, but I guess this is going to be a class-wide sort of thing. So tanks will have a knockback reduction and reduce ultimate charge gain while taking damage from enemies. Uh, damage heroes will get a movement speed bonus, and support heroes will get a self-heal when they don't take damage for a extended period of time. Um, so, yeah, those are... Some of the changes, they revealed a new Monte Carlo map. Um, so that's neat, I guess. Um, I don't have too much to say about the map until you actually fucking play it. Um, the assault mode is being completely removed from competitive play um, and quick play as well. Um, so that was one where you just... There is a point, and there is basically an attack and defend, and so that's being completely removed. Um, but they're working on on some other modes and things like that. Um, so it seems like the only mode is going to be the the push mode, where you're kind of pushing a payload sort of thing. Um, not sure how I overall feel about that. You know, just because I want, I hope it just doesn't make the game feel a little bit too samey um, with each map uh, in each match. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and then, yeah, just, just some other smaller things, UI updates and all sorts of stuff like that. So, um, And there's a tribute in one of the maps to uh, Jeff Kaplan. Uh, he's mm. going to have his own pizza shop called right. Jeff's, Jeff's Corner Pizza uh, on one of the maps. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, that's 
That's Overwatch 2. I mean, uh, as much as I love Overwatch, I just, I'm really struggling to get excited for this game. Mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, I just don't know why. I mean, I think some of these changes could be good, uh, and I, yeah, I will certainly dive back into Overwatch when this comes out, because I put hundreds of hours into the first Overwatch, and just, I felt like, and a lot of players kind of talked about this, is that, you know, hopping in every once in a while now is a little hard to do because of how they balance the game. Like, they totally tuned it more for competitive esports sort of play, and the balance is just kind of weird, and it can be really frustrating uh, to play. Um, so I hope they, they really can get that down. And Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm, not, I'm just not overly, overly excited for this game at all. Oh. Are you... Ex- hmm. Tyler, I know you play Time Splitters. I know oh, you yeah. like Time Splitters. Yes. Are you excited for a new Time Splitters? Why not? Um, yeah. How long has it been? Holy shit. Uh, 2005? Yeah. Was yeah. Time Splitters Future Perfect, which that is a game of my childhood, dude. I played that game so fucking much. And I loved, loved that game as a kid. Um, kind of a violent game to play, but yeah. but still, yeah. and a weird game too, but I loved the, the action of Time Splitters and Future Perfect had a map maker and you can just create these maps and modes and all sorts of stuff and I would just make the weirdest fucking maps and just play play uh, multiplayer against bots like all the time it was fucking awesome I mean the the campaign was really cool too but man I, I really loved Time Splitters it was, it was neat back in the day and kind of went went silent for a while but Deep Silver is it went silent for over a decade Tyler. yeah that's more yeah, than a while yeah 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 <laughs> um, but yeah Deep Silver is uh, basically um starting a new studio and have some of the founders from Free Radical, Steve Ellis and David Doak on board. Um, so yeah, a whole new studio is being made and they will, they have confirmed they are making a new time splitters. Um, awesome. So it is years away, but still really exciting. I don't know how well a time splitters will work in 2020 three, four, five, whenever this game comes out. Um, just because of how much uh, first-person shooters have evolved uh, since 2005. Um, but I'm I'm totally down to at least check it out and and see where where it goes, just out of sheer curiosity. Um, I hope it I hope it's cool. I hope it can retain the the goofiness, the goofy characters, having a map editor would be fucking sweet. I mean, I, I doubt now I'll, I would make anything, but that was that was such a cool part of Future Perfect, and yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking back, like you said, Time Splitters, violent for you back in 2005 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just well, thinking when I was when I was like five or six years old I was playing t- Twisted Metal <laughs> yeah no I mean I so. was too I was too but Time Splitters it was it was bloody it was 
weird and stuff like that. I mean, I was playing like fucking Ninja Gaiden 2, which was a very, or Ninja Gaiden Black, which was a very gory, you know, bloody sort of game. I was playing plenty of games like that, but, you know, Time Splitters was definitely a rated M for mature sort of game. So. Ah, all yeah. right. Let's see. So, hmm. There's a new EA studio, Tyler. Yes. They're going to make... Let me... Let me... Hmm. How many of this type of game do you know exist? Open world action adventure. Uh, they're they're going to be making open world action adventure games. And, uh... The person heading up that studio also uh, led Monolith... Studios, uh, who made the, the Shadow of Mordor, those Middle Earth games, whatever you think of them. But uh, yeah, it seems like they they poached some talent here to get to for EA to make their own open world action adventure game. Uh, yay! I guess this is one thing they might have been lacking. Yeah. Right. I think that's that's the whole thing. Like. Yeah, there's there's plenty of open world action adventure games. I mean, that's all Ubisoft makes. But when you think about EA, they don't really have that at all. Like they have racing games, sports games, you know, Bioware, um, first person shooters with dice and respawn. But they don't have an open world game. Um, so I think it makes sense for them to do. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things that you know EA kind of fascinating because they have obviously made purchases recently codemasters um buying that was it glue mobile or whatever that one big mobile studio um and so they've made purchases but they've also have been starting new studios so they're starting this new studio they started a new studio totally dedicated to skate um you know it's it's kind of interesting to see them expand um, and, you know, it's probably very expensive to build studios from the ground up. Um, and especially a studio like this that's going to be making a AAA open world action adventure game. I mean, those games in and of itself are expensive. Now you're starting a whole new studio and hiring new talent and all that stuff. I mean, sure, it's very expensive to do. Um, but interesting to see EA do this. Um, you know. It's a long ways away, though, <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure. If they're just starting it, and then they gotta, yeah, obviously they gotta hire people. They gotta get their fucking technology in order. They have to figure out what they want to make. So go through the whole pre-production process, then you know, make the game. And they gotta it's work with long. frostbite. I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? There, who knows? But probably, um, yeah. We'll see. But, it, I mean, it makes sense for EA to do, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, all right. Tyler, neither of us play this game anymore, but apparently Square Enix is proud to like, just wrap us up in, in this number here. Uh, 3.5 million unique players have gone into the world of Outriders um, in its first month, and I guess that includes us. Yes. God damn it. Uh, this also this includes people who've played through Xbox Game Pass. Um, so take that 
as, as you may, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess they're just happy a lot of people played it. I wonder how many people are still playing it. Yeah, I feel like this game had its moment because it came out at the right time, and, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how many people are still playing it. I know I'm not coming back to it until there's anything significant yeah. content-wise. I deleted it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't... Besides the expeditions, it, there's not a lot of endgame content there. And, you know, they kind of designed this game to not be one of those live service games, but maybe they also didn't know what they had on their hands, I guess. Um because this game did just hit at the right time. So, three and a half million players, that's that's pretty good. I'm very curious, and we'll never know, but I'm curious what the breakdown is between Game Pass players and players that purchased it. Yeah. Um, and then also just how well it's sold on PlayStation, you know, things like that. We'll never know that, but... Yeah, I mean, good for them. I, I, was, I saw another story where Square Enix was saying, like, this is... They, they look at Outriders as one of their next big franchises. So oh, I, have no, no. <laughs> I have no doubt that we will see an Outriders sequel, for sure. Oh, God. No. Which, if it's no. fun to play, I'll fucking play it. <laughs> I, I, you know, by the time a sequel comes out, I'll be like, I don't know what the fuck happened in the first game. I mean, I played through it recently, and it still couldn't tell you. But... We'll be getting more Outriders. For sure. Mm. Okay. Alright. <laughs> um, Last of Us 2 is getting more frames. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a PS5 update uh, that's going to uh, let you bump up that frame rate to 60 frames per second. Uh, so you can see all that violent, disgusting action that happens in The Last of Us. Uh, yeah, um, kind of expected it for Sony first party game. Yeah. yeah, to me this this makes a ton of sense to do and is cool. You know, a lot of these games getting just these these kind of free updates for things yeah. like this is is awesome. But yeah, this isn't the ps5 version of this game like this is your ps4 version recognizing that you're on a ps5 and you have this update installed and that's what it what it's using so you know i i kept seeing people saying like well does are they going to sell you a ps5 version and to me i'm like yes they absolutely will when that remake comes out I mean, there was there was part of that story was that they they're planning, or they were talking about bundling the two together, the remake and part two. And then even when you know their factions multiplayer comes out, I mean, that'll definitely be on PS Five, and they will have a native PS Five version again. Um, where you have to buy it again if you own the PS Four version, I doubt that, but. But I think there still will be a native PlayStation 5 version of this game out. Now, also, on the flip side of that, I don't know what else you really do to this game. Because if you get the, the frame rate up and all that stuff, like, the game is already fucking gorgeous. You know, it already looks like a next-gen game. So, 
I don't really know what else he would do to it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if they can if they can sell sell you something, they're gonna sell you something. Definitely. Uh, also, getting a performance mode is Watch Dogs Legion, both on the PlayStation 5 and Series X. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This kind, this game kind of came out like in like a wet fart, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, it it kind of did. I think it, part of it was its timing because it launched like right before the consoles came out, and Assassin's Creed and Spider Man and Cyberpunk and games you know it just kind of got drowned a little bit um yeah so yeah i mean it's getting a a performance mode that's cool it's also getting a big uh overall 4.5 update and sounds like they're working on a lot of different quality of life improvements sort of thing and they have these pvp modes that they're delaying to work on those quality of life improvements Uh, so that's being pushed to august for the pvp stuff and then July, there will be a story expansion coming out. So, I mean, if you're into Watch Dogs Legion, uh, there's a lot of lot of stuff. They showed off the roadmap. The you know the our favorite thing to see a roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Seems like everyone's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you, whether you really need to or not. Yeah. There's always a lighthouse. There's always a roadmap. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it, it also makes me wonder, though, if the game, if this performance mode is what's getting the game to 60 frames per second, then I guess it was at 30 already or something with the the native PS5 and Series X versions that launched with the console. Like, I guess, was the game not running at 60 frames already? Maybe it was so. if you were doing, like, 1080p or something. I don't know. Hmm. Kind of weird. All right. Uh, also, weird is... Uh, well, I'm going to skip over one. Weird is anyone expecting GTA 6 anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially yes. even this year, there, some people think GTA 6. Yes. Um, that just doesn't make any sense. It's not, it's not coming this year. Yes. Uh, it's not coming next year. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I saw this headline, this article that we're looking at on IGN. And I'm just like, that is a dumb fucking headline. Who, yeah. like you're saying, who the fuck thought that that game was coming out this year or next year? No one. Um, yeah, it's just ridiculous. the The biggest takeaway from this article, though, is that Take Two's planning on launching. Four immersive core releases over the next fiscal year. is That's literally their quote. <laughs> literally what they said. Two are from new franchises and two are from existing franchises. Okay. Um, it, but I, I guess this includes sports games. But then the oh, other thing right. is that uh, one of these franchises is a partnership with Gearbox. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's They just did Borderlands. They just did that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What are we going to get? Are we going to get a... Is this going to be Borderlands 3 VR? Nah. Is that, is that what no, they're going to do? I hope not. I hope not. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe when PlayStation VR 2 launches. Mm. But, no, nah, I, I hope not. Um, yeah, I don't know what it could be. Like, is it a... A... Uh, expansion for Borderlands 3 or a spin-off of it like a pre-sequel sort of thing a smaller game could it be that because otherwise it has to be a new IP I guess you know they're not going to do Battleborn 2 or <laughs> I don't even there were brothers in arms or whatever but it would have to be something like totally new which is kind of also weird because Gearbox was bought by the Embracer group to join all that that party. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a weird weird partnership. But curious what else 2K might have because I feel like you know a new Mafia game might be a little ways away. Who knows? We could hear about it this year. Um, but Bioshock's far away. GTA Six is far away. I don't know. Not as far away, though, as uh, GTA V and GTA Online coming to uh, PS5, uh, which, yeah. which is happening this year, actually, believe it or not. It's coming in November, November 11th, uh, even. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer. GTA V gets to, you know, go across, like, three different console generations and rake in the cash, uh... And it'll it'll top the charts <laughs> again throughout like another console generation. Yes, definitely they will be raking in the cash from this and GTA Online because I'll look it up more. I don't think this is a free upgrade. Nope. I think you literally have to buy it again because. Uh, you know, this doesn't mention it at all. And then also, apparently, they're spinning off GTA Online to be its own thing on PS5 and, and Series X. So, GTA Online will be released as a standalone game on PS5 and Xbox Series consoles. And for three months after release, it'll be totally free to PS5 owners. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, if you want GTA Online, if that's something you play a lot, you want to grab it right away, but... So I guess there are two totally separate things, but it makes me wonder, like, well, then what the fuck is GTA Online going to cost? Because to me, it would make a lot of sense to make it free. Free to play. But, you know, maybe the game isn't fully set up for that at all, but... I may make that money on those shark cards, baby. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting, and I'm I'm really curious to see what what you know these expanded and enhanced uh, features are uh, for the game. Like how how much uh, improvements can you make on a by the time this launches a eight year old game? You know. I mean, the obvious one is loading times because the loading times, even on PS4, are horrendous. Oh yeah, They're for bad. for even single players, just really bad. <laughs> so, yeah, we shall see what this is. But it's cool. It's 
got a date and um, also they're going to be doing some some surprises I guess is what they call it to celebrate the 20th anniversary of GTA 3 so I imagine that might be like skins or costumes some fucking shit in GTA Online yeah it's gotta be, it's gotta be yeah. something like that yeah alright um, yeah I guess the last bit of 2K news here is like, I mean, they've, they they aren't putting out their new uh, NFL arcade game this year. Um, yeah. It's going past, uh, going even further. It's out of fiscal year 2022. So, yeah, later next year, I guess. Yeah. I guess this, this is one of these f- immersive core releases yeah. that they're working yeah. on. <laughs> I fucking hate I hate it when they make up shit. Oh, I, I know. fucking hate it. I know. Like, like corporate lingo is just the worst. Especially yes. in video games. It's so bad in video games. It's, it's like you can just see right through it, and it's just... I don't know. It's kind of sickening sometimes to, to see it. <laughs> just want to, like, get on the phone and tell them to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Well, Tyler, we've got some unfortunate news here for anyone who is a PlayStation fanboy and will never cross the line. Uh, also, those people are fucking weirdos. Uh, Starfield is going to be an exclusive to Xbox and PC, so you won't be able to play Bethesda's new... Well, Microsoft's Bethesda's new IP on your PlayStation 5. Um, not surprising. Just just kind of how business has no. to No. Yeah, absolutely. I saw this, dude, and I'm like, there's two pieces to this to me. I'm like, one, how, why is this news? Like, they, they basically already said this, Xbox mm-hmm. did, in that, you know they're they're looking to create exclusive experiences for Game Pass. What more do you need to know with that? And then also what I don't understand too is there's there's other people out there that were basically saying this, but yet when Jeff Grubb says it, it's all of a sudden news on all these big outlets. I don't understand that myself. It's kind of weird, but. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, to to me, this is like such an obvious thing of like, of course it's going to be exclusive. I mean, this is a massive fucking game in for Bethesda and Microsoft and will be a huge driver towards their console and especially Game Pass. Why would they not make it exclusive? You know, I think the more interesting thing is going to be what happens to other franchises that have been on PlayStation for a while cuz this is a new IP. I could see that making some sort of sense. There was also the rumors way back when that PlayStation was trying to lock in Starfield. So, I can see that happening with a new IP. I think it's going to be more interesting what happens with the next Doom, Wolfenstein, Elder Scrolls 6, um, you know, even within 3, whatever. Um, you know, those games are most likely going to be exclusive, but to Xbox and PC. But like, what 
you know, is there a threshold that Microsoft has that says, like, this is too big for just being an exclusive. We're going to put it timed on our console and then maybe launch it on PlayStation 5 to get more revenue there. I, I doubt that'll happen, but maybe maybe Elder Scrolls is one of those franchises. But at the same time, I think it, it'll be such a massive driver for them for Game Pass that I don't know why you'd put it on anything else. As much as it sucks. Like, yeah, it sucks that PlayStation players won't be able to play the next Elder Scrolls or Starfield or Wolfenstein 3 or whatever. It totally sucks, but, you know, it's business. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, it's... Yeah, that there, there's nothing else to be said about it. Like, I mean, this is... This is a this is a very normal thing. Like yeah. there's nothing <laughs> abnormal about this at all. You spend like seven and a half billion dollars on a studio, <laughs> like you ain't just gonna shit right. out like the same you you ain't gonna let them just do the same thing as they as they normally did. Like it it's things are going to change. Games are gonna become exclusive and that's just that's just the way things go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I f- the rumors are getting pretty hot that this game's going to be revealed at E3, um, which is super which is, interesting. I don't. It's not going to happen. Like, well, it might be revealed, but like, there are some people out there that are crazy and think it's coming out this year. Oh yeah, yeah that that I I am totally with you on that one. This game, there is no way in fucking hell it's coming out this year. And if you're Microsoft. In Bethesda, why would you? Because Halo's coming out this year. I mean, why wouldn't you want to space those these massive games out to where maybe Starfield launches in the spring, summer, fall of next year or whatever, and and you just have these big drops towards Game Pass, you know, every quarter, every two months, whatever. Um, I don't know why you would want to compete with yourself, but to me, I, I totally agree with you, man. This... I. I think this game will absolutely be re- revealed, and it's already been revealed at E3, but we see what it is, I guess. I'd be shocked if they went really deep on it, too, because it's Bethesda. Like, if the game's not imminent somewhat with its launch, I don't see them showing off a ton of it, but I would love to be proved wrong on that. Um but yeah, there's no way it's going out this year. No fucking way. I will shit bricks if that happens. All right, you heard it here, yeah. folks. Tyler <laughs> promises to shit bricks if Starfield comes out this year. Yes. Now, uh, you know, Todd Howard's listening to this podcast. He's like, all right, challenge accepted. We're going to get it out. I want to see this guy shit bricks. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh... Having me shit bricks a little bit is uh, this No Man's Sky crossover. Uh, they put the Normandy in No Man's Sky, Tyler. Yeah. It can be one of the frigates in your in your fleet. <laughs> How cool is that? That's, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's really fucking awesome. I'm glad that this kind of thing can happen and everyone's just cool about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of wish there were more sci-fi crossovers in No Man's Sky, but I, I have a feeling that, like, when I think about a lot of sci-fi properties, a lot of them are, like, precious as hell over their shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you will not see a Star Wars ship 
in No Man's Sky ever. No. Definitely not. I don't think you'll see a Star Trek ship there ever. I, no. It's like... Yeah, it's it's really cool. I, I'm happy that this is happening. Now give me a Reaper to put in my fleet. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be fucking sick. That would be so cool, dude. But yeah, that'd be awesome. Really cool seeing this kind of stuff happen. Yeah. Um, all right. A little quick hitter here. Uh, Saints Row the Third is getting a remaster? Coming yeah. Yeah. Coming to PlayStation Five. It already had a remaster that came out last year, I think, on PS4 and Xbox One. But now they're bringing it to PS5 and Series X with a whole bunch of upgrades. It'll basically they're saying going to be the PC version on ultra settings, and yeah, it comes out May 25th. So this game constantly gets re-released. But if you want to play it on your fancy new console, go ahead. That's okay. Yeah. And then the last thing we have here is some good news for, for people out there. Uh, they're, Insomniac is very proud to reveal a list of, ex- of accessibility features in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, I believe we have a bulleted list down here. Mm-hmm. Um, just all kinds of stuff they put in here to make the game accessible to as many people as as they as as possible I suppose um, yeah I'm not an expert in any of this I mean this is a long list I yeah I feel like I feel like they made a point to make it a long list right <laughs> yeah th- this is mostly why some of the some of this stuff doesn't seem like accessibility to me no not 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 all of it um, for sure but that's kind of why I threw it in here though it seems like they're Hopefully, making a pretty good push here to have a lot of a lot of great accessibility features in their game, which is great. I mean, the more the more the better. Um, Tyler, I think I games. know what they've done here. What they've basically just taken their settings menu and just made it into a bulleted list. <laughs> kind of seems like it, honestly. Like HDR. <laughs> like okay. That's not really an uh, an accessibility feature. Look, um, in, like camera inversion. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah, yeah. Some of these aren't, but there it is a pretty. Settings. <laughs> yeah, it it is a pretty extensive list of settings, though. And so hopefully, hopefully it works out, and you know, it, the the more games can do this stuff, the better. Yeah, I'm just trying to look here for like some of, like, some of the uh, big hitters, like the stuff that I know are accessibility problems, and I'm s- I- I'm noticing some stuff missing. Like, I I know they're like for people who have like mobility issues, like with with their hands. It's like, I know near uh, near replicant has has a mode where you can play one handed. Oh, that's cool. Um, and they yeah. And like, yeah, I'm just really what I'm. I'm. I'm tr- not trying to be super critical here, but like, when you just put a list that is just this your settings menu, like it kind of dilutes like 
okay, well, that's not an accessibility thing. That yeah. And you kind of have to read through and try to find what is. And I have a feeling that if you actually broke it down to what is an accessibility thing in here, it might not be as impressive as maybe this <laughs> huge-ass list looks. Yeah, it's almost like they should have just really focused that in with this announcement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm looking to, like... Yeah, is there any, like... Yeah. Never mind. But, yeah, I I, I don't disagree with you. <clears throat> yeah, um, but that's coming soon, Tyler. You you don't have that much time to beat Ratchet yeah. Deadlocked. Um, no, and... that's this is gonna this is two weeks away from this coming Friday. So yeah, and I don't have much time to find a PlayStation Five. <laughs> mm. So the they tried to do a thing, Tyler, last week. I'm not sure if you know, know this, uh, where they sent out an email to uh, certain PlayStation users to allow them to get into an early queue to buy a PlayStation Five. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And the time that started was the time my shift at work starts. Ah, oh, shit. So what What they're trying to tell me is that they don't want me specifically to buy a PlayStation <laughs> 5. That's, that's what I'm saying. They don't want me mm-hmm. to buy a PlayStation 5. And you know what? I say challenge accepted. I'm going to find a PlayStation 5. And you know what? It's going to be in my house, my, my apartment here. It's going to be yeah. I'm going to play a PlayStation 5 this year. Yeah, man. I, I hope, you can, hope you can find one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope so too because uh, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Especially like yeah. why? Good. Why would you start like a queue to buy a PlayStation Five at three in the afternoon Eastern time yeah. when most people are at fucking work? Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Do they just want to sell it to people who have office jobs? that can maybe fucking dick off for a few minutes to go queue up for a PlayStation. <laughs> that, that's what it tells me, because, like, even if you're thinking that maybe people can buy this while they're at work, like, you're really limiting who can fu- who can buy a PlayStation 5 here. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's a weird time to do that. Like, do it in the evening. Like, <laughs> or do it, like... Like, I mean, that wouldn't help me specifically, but, like, that would help more people if you did this in the evening or if you did it, say, like, on a weekend. Right. Like, it just... It sucks. It really fucking sucks how they're trying to... Mm. I, I... I just want... I just want my PlayStation 5. Yeah. I mean, thankfully... I mean, I, I don't want to get too political here, but, uh... Bitcoin crashed a little bit because China banned made it illegal to do crypto transactions. Oh. So hopefully that helps some, some things along. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully that frees up some chips. <laughs> uh, God, fuck crypto, man. Fuck NFTs. I don't I don't fuck with anyone who fucks with NFTs. No right. fucking thanks. Yep. Agree um, on that one. But yeah, that's that's gonna do it for for the show this week, Tyler. I think we have video games we should play. Yes, indeed. I think we have some dudes we should fight in the snow. Oh yeah. In oh, divinity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go do that. But before we do, I have a few things to tell you, the listener. Uh, 
these things relate to how you can get into contact with us one way is via email at playstation report podcast at gmail.com or via twitter at ps report podcast give us ratings reviews and share us with your friends that's the best way you can help us you can find me at the arctic sloth you can find tyler and his youtube channel at plugged on vids and until next week be good to each other play your video games and premium sushi